Book Two of The Confessions by St. Augustine, translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book Two. Object of these Confessions. Further ills of idleness developed in his sixteenth year. Evils of ill society, which betrayed him into theft. Chapter One. I will now call to mind my past foulness and the carnal corruptions of my soul, not because I love them, but that I may love thee, O my God. For love of thy love I do it, reviewing my most wicked ways in the very bitterness of my remembrance, that thou mayest grow sweet unto me. Thou sweetness never failing, thou blissful and assured sweetness. And gathering me again out of that my dissipation, wherein I was torn piecemeal, while turned from thee, the one good, I lost myself among a multiplicity of things. For I even burnt in my youth heretofore to be satiated in things below, and I dared to grow wild again with these various and shadowy loves. My beauty consumed away, and I stank in thine eyes, pleasing myself and desirous to please in the eyes of men. CHAPTER Two, And what was it that I delighted in, but to love, and be beloved? But I kept not the measure of love, of mind to mind, friendship's bright boundary, but out of the muddy concupiscence of the flesh, and the bubblings of youth, mists fumed up which beclouded and overcast my heart, that I could not discern the clear brightness of love from the fog of lustfulness. Both did confusedly boil in me, and hurried my unstayed youth over the precipice of unholy desires, and sunk me into a gulf of flagidiousness. Thy wrath had gathered over me, and I knew it not. I was grown deaf by the clanking of the chain of my mortality, the punishment of the pride of my soul, and I strayed further from thee, and thou lettest me alone, and I was tossed about, and wasted, and dissipated, and I boiled over in my fornications, and thou heldest thy peace, O thou my tardy joy! Thou then heldest thy peace, and I wandered further and further from thee, into more and more fruitless seed-plots of sorrows, with a proud dejectedness and a restless weariness. Oh, that some one had then attempered my disorder, and turned to account the fleeting beauties of these, the extreme points of thy creation, had put a bound to their pleasurableness, so that the tides of my youth might have cast themselves upon the marriage-shore if they could not be calmed, and kept within the object of a family, as thy law prescribes, O Lord, who this way formest the offspring of this our death, being able with a gentle hand to blunt the thorns which were excluded from thy paradise. For thy omnipotency is not far from us, even when we be far from thee." else ought i more watchfully to have heeded the voice from the clouds nevertheless such shall have trouble in the flesh but i spare you and it is good for a man not to touch a woman and he that is unmarried thinketh of the things of the lord how he may please the lord but he that is married careth for the things of this world how he may please his wife to these words i should have listened more attentively and being severed for the kingdom of heaven's sake had more happily awaited thy embraces but i poor wretch foamed like a troubled sea 
following the rushing of my own tide forsaking thee and exceeding all thy limits yet i escaped not thy scourges for what mortal can for thou wert ever with me mercifully rigorous and bestrinkling with most bitter alloy all my unlawful pleasures that i might seek pleasures without alloy but where to find such i could not discover save in thee o lord who teachest by sorrow and woundest us to heal and killest us lest we die from thee where was i and how far was i exiled from the delights of thy house in that sixteenth year of the age of my flesh when the madness of lust to which human shamelessness giveth free license though unlicensed by thy laws took the rule over me and i resigned myself wholly to it my friends meanwhile took no care by marriage to save my fall their only care was that i should learn to speak excellently and to be a persuasive orator chapter three for that year were my studies intermitted whilst after my return from madaura a neighbour city whither i had journeyed to learn grammar and rhetoric the expenses for a further journey to carthage were being provided for me and that rather by the resolution than the means of my father who was but a poor freeman of the ghast to whom tell i this not to thee my god but before thee to mine own kind even to that small portion of mankind as may light upon these writings of mine and to what purpose that whosoever reads this may think out of what depths we are to cry unto thee for what is nearer to thine ears than a confessing heart and a life of faith who did not extol my father for that beyond the ability of his means he would furnish his son with all necessaries for a far journey for his study's sake for many far abler citizens did no such thing for their children but yet this same father had no concern how i grew towards thee or how chaste i were so that i were but copious in speech however barren i were to thy culture o god who art the only true and good lord of thy field my heart but while in that my sixteenth year i lived with my parents leaving all school for a while a season of idleness being interposed through the narrowness of my parents fortunes the briars of unclean desires grew rank over my head and there was no hand to root them out when that my father saw me at the baths now growing towards manhood and endued with a restless youthfulness he as already hence anticipating his descendants gladly told it to my mother rejoicing in that tumult of the senses wherein the world forgetteth thee its creator and becometh enamoured of thy creature instead of thyself through the fumes of that invisible wine of its self-will turning aside and bowing down to the very basest things but in my mother's breast thou hadst already begun thy template and the foundation of thy holy habitation whereas my father was as yet but a catechumen and that but recently she was then startled with a holy fear and trembling and though i was not as yet baptized feared for me those crooked ways in which they walk who turn their backs to thee and not their face woe is me and dare i say that thou heldest thy peace o my god while i wandered further from thee didst thou then indeed hold thy peace to me and whose but thine were these words which by my mother thy faithful one 
thou sangest in my ears nothing whereof sunk into my heart so as to do it for she wished and i remember in private with great anxiety warned me not to commit fornication but especially never to defile another's wife these seemed to me womanish advices which i should blush to obey but they were thine and i knew it not and i thought thou wert silent and that it was she who spake by whom thou wert not silent unto me and in her wast despised by me her son the son of thy handmaid thy servant but i knew it not and ran headlong with such blindness that amongst my equals i was ashamed of less shamefulness when i heard them boast of their flagitiousness yea and the more boasting the more they were degraded and i took pleasure not only in the pleasure of the deed but in the praise who is worthy of dispraise but vice but i made myself worse than i was that i might not be dispraised and when in anything i had not sinned as the abandoned ones i would say that i had done what i had not done that i might not seem contemptible in proportion as i was innocent or of less account the more chaste behold with what companions i walked the streets of babylon and wallowed in the mire thereof as if in a bed of spices and precious ointments and that i might cleave the faster to its very centre the invisible enemy trod me down and seduced me for that i was easy to be seduced neither did the mother of my flesh who had now fled out of the centre of babylon yet went more slowly in the skirts thereof she advised me to chastity so heed what she had heard of me from her husband as to restrain within the bounds of conjugal affection if it could not be pared away to the quick what she felt to be pestilent at present and for the future dangerous she heeded not this for she feared lest a wife should prove a clog and hindrance to my hopes not those hopes of the world to come which my mother reposed in thee but the hope of learning which both my parents were too desirous i should attain my father because he had next to no thought of thee and of me but vain conceits my mother because she accounted that these usual courses of learning would not only be no hindrance but even some furtherance towards attaining thee for thus i conjecture recalling as well as i may the disposition of my parents the reins meantime were slackened to me beyond all temper of due severity to spend my time in sport yea even unto dissoluteness in whatsoever i affected and in all this was a mist intercepting from me o my god the brightness of thy truth and mine iniquity burst out as from very fatness chapter four theft is punished by thy law o lord and the law written in the hearts of men which iniquity itself effaces not for what thief will abide a thief not even a rich thief one stealing through want yet i lusted to thieve and i did it compelled by no hunger nor poverty but through a coyedness of well-doing and a pamperedness of iniquity for i stole that of which i had enough and much better nor cared i to enjoy what i stole but joyed in the theft and sin itself a pear-tree there was near our vineyard laden with fruit tempting neither for colour nor taste to shake and rob this some lewd young fellows of us went late one night having according to our pestilent custom prolonged our sports in the street till then 
and took huge loads not for our eating but to fling to the very hogs having only tasted them and this but to do what we liked only because it was misliked behold my heart o god behold my heart which thou hast pity upon in the bottom of the bottomless pit now behold let my heart tell thee what it sought there that i should be gratuitously evil having no temptation to ill but the ill itself it was foul and i loved it i loved to perish i loved mine own fault not that for which i was faulty but my fault itself foul soul falling from thy firmament into utter destruction not seeking aught through the shame but the shame itself chapter five for there is an attractiveness in beautiful bodies in gold and silver and all things and in bodily touch sympathy hath much influence and each other sense has his proper object answerably tempered worldly honour hath also its grace and the power of overcoming and of mastery whence springs also the thirst of revenge but yet to obtain all these we may not depart from thee o lord nor decline from thy law the life also which here we live hath its own enchantment through a certain proportion of its own and a correspondence with all things beautiful here below human friendship also is endeared with a sweet tie by reason of the unity formed of many souls upon occasion of all these and the like is sin committed while through an immoderate inclination towards these goods of the lowest order the better and higher are forsaken thou our lord god thy truth and thy law for these lower things have their delights but not like my god who made all things for in him doth the righteous delight and he is the joy of the upright in heart when then we ask why a crime was done we believe it not unless it appears that there might have been some desire of obtaining some of those which we called lower goods or a fear of losing them for they are beautiful and comely although compared with those higher and beatific goods they be abject and low a man hath murdered another why he loved his wife or his estate or would rob for his own livelihood or feared to lose some such thing by him or wronged was on fire to be revenged would any commit murder upon no cause delighted simply in murdering who would believe it for as for that furious and savage man of whom it is said that he was gratuitously evil and cruel yet is the cause assigned lest saith he through idleness hand or heart should grow inactive and to what end that through that practice of guilt he might having taken the city attain to honours empire riches and be freed from fear of the laws and his embarrassments from domestic needs and consciousness of villainies so then not even catiline himself loved his own villainies but something else for whose sake he did them chapter six what then did wretched i so love in thee thou theft of mine thou deed of darkness in that sixteenth year of my age lovely thou wert not because thou wert theft but art thou anything that thus i speak to thee 
fair were the pears we stole because they were thy creation thou fairest of all creator of all thou good god god the sovereign good and my true good fair were those pears but not them did my wretched soul desire for i had stole of better and those i gathered only that i might steal for when gathered i flung them away my only feast therein being my own sin which i was pleased to enjoy for if aught of those pears came within my mouth what sweetened it was the sin and now o lord my god i inquire what in that theft delighted me and behold it had no loveliness i mean not such loveliness as in justice and wisdom nor such as in the mind and memory and senses and animal life of man nor yet as the stars are glorious and beautiful in their orbs or the earth or sea full of embryo life replacing by its birth that which decayeth nay nor even that false and shadowy beauty which belongeth to deceiving vices for so doth pride imitate exaltedness whereas thou alone art god exalted over all ambition what seeks it but honours and glory whereas thou alone art to be honoured above all and glorious for evermore the cruelty of the great would fain be feared but who is to be feared but god alone out of whose power what can be wrested or withdrawn when or where or whither or by whom the tenderness of the wanton would fain be counted love yet is nothing more tender than thy charity nor is aught loved more healthfully than thy truth bright and beautiful above all curiosity makes semblance of a desire of knowledge whereas thou supremely knowest all yea ignorance and foolishness itself is cloaked under the name of simplicity and uninjuriousness because nothing is found more single than thee and what less injurious since they are his own works which injure the sinner yea sloth would fain be at rest but what stable rest besides the lord luxury affects to be called plenty and abundance but thou art the fullness and never-failing plenteousness of incorruptible pleasures prodigality resembles a shadow of liberality but thou art the most overflowing giver of all good covetousness would possess many things and thou possessest all things envy disputes for excellency what more excellent than thou anger seeks revenge who revenges more justly than thou fear startles at things unwanted and sudden which endanger things beloved and takes forethought for their safety but to thee what unwanted or sudden or who separateth from thee what thou lovest or where but with thee is unshaken safety grief pines away for things lost the delight of its desires because it would have nothing taken from it as nothing can from thee thus doth the soul commit fornication when she turns from thee seeking without thee what she findeth not pure and untainted till she returns to thee thus all pervertedly imitate thee who remove far from thee and lifteth themselves up against thee but even by thus imitating thee they imply thee to be the creator of all nature whence there is no place whither altogether to retire from thee what then did i love in that theft and wherein did i even corruptly 
and pervertedly imitate my lord did i wish even by stealth to do contrary to thy law because by power i could not so that being a prisoner i might mimic a maimed liberty by doing with impunity things unpermitted me a darkened likeness of thy omnipotency behold thy servant fleeing from his lord and obtaining a shadow o rottenness o monstrousness of life and depth of death could i like what i might not only because i might not chapter seven what shall i render unto the lord that whilst my memory recalls these things my soul is not affrighted at them i will love thee o lord and thank thee and confess unto thy name because thou hast forgiven me these so great and heinous deeds of mine to thy grace i ascribe it and to thy mercy that thou hast melted away my sins as it were ice to thy grace i ascribe also whatsoever i have not done of evil for what might i not have done who even loved a sin for its own sake yea all i confess to have been forgiven me both what evils i committed by my own wilfulness and what by thy guidance i committed not what man is he who weighing his own infirmity dares to ascribe his purity and innocency to his own strength that so he should love thee the less as if he had less needed thy mercy whereby thou remittest sins to those that turn to thee for whosoever called by thee followed thy voice and avoided those things which he reads me recalling and confessing of myself let him not scorn me who being sick was cured by that physician through whose aid it was that he was not or rather was less sick and for this let him love thee as much yea and more since by whom he sees me to have been recovered from such deep consumption of sin by him he sees himself to have been from the like consumption of sin preserved chapter eight what fruit had i then wretched man in those things of the resemblance whereof i am now ashamed especially in that theft which i loved for the theft's sake and it too was nothing and therefore the more miserable i who loved it yet alone i had not done it such was i then i remember alone i had never done it i loved then in it also the company of the accomplices with whom i did it i did not then love nothing else but the theft yea rather i did love nothing else for that circumstance of the company was also nothing what is in truth who can teach me save he that enlighteneth my heart and discovereth its dark corners what is it which hath come into my mind to inquire and discuss and consider for had i then loved the pears i stole and wished to enjoy them i might have done it alone and had the bare commission of the theft sufficed to attain my pleasure nor needed i have inflamed the itching of my desires by the excitement of accomplices but since my pleasure was not in those pears it was in the offence itself which the company of fellow-sinners occasioned what then was this feeling for of a truth it was too foul and woe was me who had it but yet what was it who can understand his errors it was the sport which as it were tickled our hearts 
that we beguiled those who little thought what they were doing and much misliked it why then was my delight of such sort that i did it not alone because none doth ordinarily laugh alone ordinarily no one yet laughter sometimes masters men alone and singly when no one whatever is with them if anything very ludicrous presents itself to their senses or mind yet i had not done this alone alone i had never never done it behold my god before thee the vivid remembrance of my soul alone i had never committed that theft wherein what i stole pleased me not but that i stole nor had it alone liked me to do it nor had i done it o oh, friendship too unfriendly thou incomprehensible inveigler of the soul thou greediness to do mischief out of mirth and wantonness thou thirst of others loss without lust of my own gain or revenge but when it is said let's go let's do it we are ashamed not to be shameless chapter ten who can disentangle that twisted and intricate naughtiness foul it is i hate to think on it to look on it but thee i long for o righteousness and innocency beautiful and comely to all pure eyes and of a satisfaction unsating with thee is rest entire and life imperturbable whoso enters into thee enters into the joy of his lord and shall not fear and shall do excellently in the all excellent i sank away from thee and i wandered o my god too much astray from thee my stay in these days of my youth and i became to myself a barren land end of book two